The Evolving Leader is a series that shares insights into the never-ending journey of leadership and entrepreneurship. Join us as Three Pillars CEO David DeWolf talks with peers who have been instrumental in his own leadership journey. Thanks for joining us for Episode 7 of The Evolving Leader. We're honored to welcome Jamie Whitaker to the studio for this episode to discuss the next lesson for The Evolving Leader, Scaling Culture and Developing a Common Ideology. Jamie is Three Pillars' Chief People Officer and one of the longest tenured team members at the company, having been there for 12 and a half years and counting. Jamie leads a global team of talent professionals and has been a key player in Three Pillars' rapid growth and spreading a culture of teamwork, innovation, and mutual respect. The company has gone from under 20 when she joined in 2009 to more than 2,000 today, and headcount doubled from 2020 to 21. So she's been busy to say the least these last few years. Jamie, thanks very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Sophie. And for putting up with me for 12 and a half years. I didn't, you know, it yes. doesn't sink in until you hear it. <laughs> and thank you for putting up with me as well. <laughs> but so for this episode, it's going to center around scaling culture and developing a common ideology. Three pillar, as we referenced, has seen explosive growth now in nine countries around the world. So how do you scale culture on that level with a global team where you're often working with people for months or years before you ever actually meet them in person, if you ever do? Yeah, um, such a great question. So um, when I think about culture, I think it's about first distilling what you mean. Um, so what do we mean when we say culture? Um, and at Three Pillar, what we mean is um, our values. What do we believe? What's the behaviors that, you, um, that exist when no one is watching? And um, it all starts with really defining that, being really, really clear with what you mean when you say culture. I think a lot of companies will talk about it and say it's the foosball table, it's um, the people that are here, it's that we go out for happy hours, but that doesn't um, stand the test of time. And we even saw that in the pandemic, right? That mm -hmm. um, that was something you couldn't do anymore. And so it's really about defining the values and what you mean when you say culture. Um, I think from there, it's about, um, and actually you guys had Bobby on um, at some point, but um, he used to say this thing, communicate seven different times, seven different ways. Um, make sure that people don't just hear it once, but they hear it multiple times and in different ways, whether it's um, written form, video form, um, but find different ways to reinforce it. And so one of the things that we found to be really impactful is to reward for it. So to, to not reward for the highest performers, while that's important important that you also reward for living your culture and that you um, really look and you put people on a platform that um, have lived the, that culture for so long. Um, the other one that I would just add is um, someone somewhere along the way told me culture becomes the lowest behavior that you tolerate. <laughs> um, and when you allow a certain behavior to exist in the organization, it becomes okay. And so when you see bad behavior, you address it directly, you address it often, um, and that you sometimes have to make the really hard call to let somebody go. And I think especially in a global workforce where you see, you don't see people all the time, you have to have these standard bearers, these leaders in those offices that know what we mean when we say culture, mm -hmm. that they hold the bar for it, that they recognize for when someone's living it incredibly well, and that also when they see the bad behavior, they either address it, um, and sometimes that might mean even exiting somebody. Jamie, you mentioned Bobby, and I remember early yeah. on in the early days of Three Pillar that you'd remember, um, Bobby and I used to have this fight that we actually talked about in the earlier episode you just mentioned. Huh. Um, 
Bobby really believes that culture happens organically hmm. and by accident, right? Yeah. Almost. You and I have taken an approach of deliberate construction of culture, and you just discussed how, yeah. right? And, and one of the things I think Bobby and I came to was that this idea of culture, mm. when you start with values and beliefs, that's what is, stays consistent. But over time, yeah. how it plays out changes yeah. and becomes not accidental, but purposeful to the values, but is applied to that point in time. Mm. You've seen us grow <laughs> through so many phases, right? <laughs> 20 people to 2,500 people is a lot of growth. Yeah. Different inflection points. Have you seen our culture change? What stayed the same? What has changed? And how mm. have you navigated that evolution? Yeah, um, such a great question. So what I would say is that first and foremost, what has changed is the way we broadcast it, mm. right? Um, when it was 20 employees, when, when Bobby was there, it was about going to lunch together and talking about them. Learning through osmosis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? um, when we were 300 employees across the globe, it was us getting to the offices um, mm -hmm. all the time. And now you have to teach it in a way that is transferable across um, time, across mm. geographic boundaries, across you or I not being able to be in the offices with our team members. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's about how do we transfer that. And um, it has changed across time, but I think it's evolved to allow it to scale. Mm. And so um, what I would what I would share as an example <clears throat> of something that I heard a couple of days ago was we have a, a center where we had a manager that um, said, you can't go play foosball until the end of your, you're done with your work. <laughs> and had you or I been there, we would have said, no, no, no. <laughs> like, that is a place for them to recharge, to refresh, that we believe in intrinsic dignity, um, that it is so important for somebody to um, be able to pick their hours because that's the respect of the human. Yeah. Um, and now it can't be that, right? Yeah. I happened to hear this story, but it was about there was a manager on the ground that um, had shared this with me, and I said, go back and address it with them, right? right? Like, let's go back and tell them the how. They've probably been taught nothing different, mm -hmm. so how do we teach it? And so I think that that enables it to evolve, right? Mm -hmm. Because it becomes more um, uh, uh, broader across yeah. the landscape of the geography. Scalable. Scalable, right? yeah. I, I love that example because it's a very small one, yeah. right? So often when we talk about culture, you, you talked about the, the worst behavior sets yeah. your culture. I totally believe that. Um, this is an example of it. That's not horrid behavior, no, right? Yeah. It's not an integrity issue. Yeah. That's not total disrespect. Um, but it's those little things. If you can create not only the clarity and the communication, but the systems. You talked yeah. about rewards. Yeah. To really make sure that you're re reinforcing mm -hmm. and continually massaging culture. Yep. I think you can instill it more if yeah. you're addressing things at that level versus letting them become big. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's about teaching people how to do it in a way that also lives our values, right? right. Like what, what wouldn't have been our values is to go, or to our, our culture would be to go and you know lay down the hammer and say that's unacceptable. It's right. to teach, it's to guide, it's to coach, yep. to believe that there wasn't malintent. They just have been taught nothing different. Right. Right. And so it's about the how, um, right. how you address that as much as it is that you address it. So, so true. Let me jump in and ask, because you've both talked about the importance of values quite a bit, and I know that you did kind of a refresh of the three pillar values recently. What what prompted the what prompted the refresh of of choosing four you know core values that are just like at the yeah. essence of who three pillar is and what you expect yeah. from your employees? Uh, scale and clarity, yeah. right? Like <laughs> the the values of three pillar haven't actually changed. What has changed is 
how we talk about them, mm. the words that we use to describe them, the meat we've put on the bones to make yeah. them come alive, right? The deliberate process we went through was taking our existing values and really making sure we were highlighting the right things to mm -hmm. make sure that we were really communicating what we meant so that as it went from osmosis, right? Yep. When Jamie and I started, literally we were in the same office, yep. right? I mean, Jamie was at, at the table um, in the room and sometimes I'd have to kick her out to have a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? That's like, true, yes. <laughs> um, Wait, li literally in the same office? Literally, like literally <laughs> sitting at the same table. table. <laughs> right. We had one office and it was, you know, a few of us sitting around it. Okay. That was our first office set up. When you have that environment and everybody's in that office, like you just pick up things. You just, it's osmosis. Yeah. As you start to scale, you have to be so much more purposeful, right? Okay. And so we, you know, it was, gosh, by now it was probably four years ago that we yeah. refined those values and put out that next evolution. But it was an intentional exercise to make sure we got buy-in from all of the executives yeah. and that we got crystal clarity around what they meant and we could cascade them at a scale we had not been at yet. And, and I'd add that they're also incredibly relatable no matter where you are in the world. Ah. And that they're also, um, there's an ability for it to show up slightly differently, right? Like the way that you live open collaboration in Romania, very different than the way you live it in India, right? Or in Mexico. And so um, the, the prior set of values weren't wrong. It was just how do we make them more relatable and tangible and then to be able to um, cross geographic boundaries and to be able to push into other locations where they can understand them a little bit better. We had gotten some feedback that, hey, this word doesn't quite translate as well for me. Right. Um, I, I think like getting feedback through the years of just, hey, we want to make sure that people can really like look at the word and, and it can it can mean something to them almost right. immediately. Right. And so I think it was that. And it was also an ability for us to, because we had such clarity, such alignment, then it could, to your point, scale, right? Mm -hmm. and, and to be able to be yeah. shared across um, teams. You actually just used the key word, word, right? Yeah. We took what used to be phrases and sentences yeah. and, and compacted point. them into two words that are powerful and memorable yeah. because we want them on the top of everybody's minds. Now, we wrote a paragraph afterwards around what it meant yeah. and, and that's on the walls and it is part of the awards and it we tell those stories. Yeah. But everybody can remember four sets of two words. Yeah. So let me put you on the spot. Yeah. What are, what are those four sets of two words so yeah. listeners know what, what the core values are? So first and foremost is intrinsic dignity. Uh, we believe in the human person, that yeah. every single person is innately worthwhile in and of themselves. Not because of what they do, not because of what they contribute, but because they are a human, they matter. Yeah. Right? Um, the second thing is open collaboration. We believe that the power of humanity really explodes when we work together, collaborate together, we share openly, we build on each other's ideas, right? That's a powerful thing. Um, the next one is continuous improvement, right? We really believe that it's not about seeking perfection. It's not about getting it right the first time. It's about always continuing to seek excellence and to get better and to better and better. And we want to always be evolving as leaders, as a business, as individuals, as professionals. Yeah. And then finally, we believe in outsized impact. We believe that what we should do to have, should have incredible leverage, that we yeah. should be able to not only change the world, but change the lives around us, that we want to have um, impact on individuals. Yeah, and I think it's, um, 
there's a, there's something that we haven't mentioned that I think is really important, which is why have them, right? Why have huh. them in the first place? And it's so that people can attach to something greater than themselves, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about the place of, especially knowledge workers, the business that we're in, people want to come not just because they get a paycheck, right? You have to pay a, a certain amount that is in, in market, but they have to attach to something greater than themselves. And that is so important, right? And when you talk to people about why do you come mm-hmm. and why do you stay, it's because they believe in these values, right? They align to their own um, core beliefs and their own personal beliefs. And there was this really cool exercise that um, our head of talent acquisition did two or three days ago where she asked all of our, our talent acquisition partners, why do you love being here? And then what's your biggest pitch when you go to market? Hmm. And I... Um, and what, what they talked about was team, right? The team and the ability to collaborate openly. And we, we mentioned all of our values, but also it's about our purpose. Like, why do we exist in the first place? Mm-hmm. And our values flow from that. And so what's what's so important is that people attach to that, right? That they don't want to come and they don't want to work in a vacuum and, and sit and finish their code and go home. Well, there's value in that at certain places. We believe that there's the power of team coming together and that our values flow from that. And so what you see is people coming to three pillar because they want to be a part of that Mm -hmm. um, and then staying because they want to be a part of that. And then the Mm -hmm. impact that that not only drives for our people and in their lives, but also in the world around us is pretty incredible. Yeah. The power of one team. We, we have a hashtag that yeah. flies around one team. And that's the reminder of these values. And I, I love how you said the values flow from team. They also reinforce team. Yeah, they are the it. ingredients that make incredibly powerful, high-performing teams. So yeah. it's the self-fulfilling prophecy. Right? Yeah. yeah. So Jamie, let me ask, you know, it seems like you can't turn on the TV or, or the radio without <laughs> hearing about the great resignation. And it's been a challenging time these last few years. Yeah. And I think you alluded to, you know, to, to some of how you have handled this in your in your last answer. And I know three pillars also grown through acquisition some, but yeah. your headcount has more than doubled in the last year and change. How are you attracting and retaining, you know, new new team members in this day and age? Yeah. Such a good question. You're right. You can't pick up a article or get on the news about the great resignation. And, and quite frankly, I'm tired of the term. Um, <laughs> but it's um, it's in fact true, right? Um, the reality is, is that the market is more competitive than it has ever been. We are in a supply constrained market. Um, and when you um, go to market in those environments, we called it out, I, I would guess, right around the beginning of the pandemic of what this was going to do to talent. And we just said, we um, have to not only um, uh, double down on our strategy, but we also need to look for places for it to evolve and to um, to grow with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was key. Um, we were ahead of the curve, but it doesn't mean that we still don't have the same challenges that every other business has. Um, I think there's a couple of keys that I would point to. One we've already talked about, right? That you have this um, this something that ties something to the business that's different, right? And I think the companies that didn't have that before struggled significantly, right? They they didn't have something that was known or that they could talk about. It was, do you want to come for the highest pay? And while there are people that will gravitate towards that, guess what they're also going to do, right? They're going to leave for the highest pay, right? They get right. a call the next day and they're going to. Um, and so it was about really, one, going back to our roots, mm-hmm. but making sure that we broadcasted that, not just to, our, to the market, right, to recruit talent, um, but also to our employees and to remind them of what, um, why three pillar was special, and um, I, I'd point to something that kind of that 
oddly the pandemic enabled us to do, which was to remind people that we actually care about them as humans. Mm -hmm. um, it seems so simple, but I think most businesses get it wrong. They see people as resources, and um, you know this, that I, I hate the term human resources. It's why I'm not the CHRO, um, <laughs> because it sees your talent as resources. And um, while there's an element of truth to that, if you only see them as that, you've gotten it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just talking to a colleague um, uh, earlier this morning, and I was like, why have you been here for so long, right? And it's because I can show up as my authentic self. I can be the mom that I want to be. Um, I can be the wife that I want to be and the professional. And it can all be true. Mm -hmm. And so being able to create an environment that where that be is not only true, but then you can market that to the the or um, to the to the market so key because many businesses just don't get it right right yeah. they they focus on well-being well what do you mean is it's not just the course that you take to help with your anxiety it's about actually caring about the human at the end right. of the day right. and so I think it's about having that bedrock of um, differentiation of your employee value proposition that's broadcasted out to the market that is broadcasted to your team members to remind them, right? And that it's authentic yeah. and true and it's not just talk, yeah. that it's actually real. None of this stuff we're talking about can be a poster on the wall. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can put it on the wall, right? Every yeah. office has the same values wall, right? That we have. Yeah. But it has to be so much more than that. That yeah. that has to be a simple reminder of what they experience every day. Yeah. And it's our job to create those systems and those yeah. processes that reinforce that, those rewards and recognition uh, that yeah. Jamie talked about. How do you tell the stories, right? I think the lore really matters. Do yeah. you have those staple stories where you can hold up examples of this is what we want, yeah. right? And and do you recognize that behavior and really then urge people to pass it on? Yeah. Teach it. And I think it's about, um, we have a concept called values ambassadors at Three Pillar, um, and it was something that has evolved across time. Yeah. Um, and it's people that champion our values. And um, we did something pretty bold in the past year, which was not just to um, take this Values Ambassadors program and wildly shepherded it across the organization, but also we invested in these people and we gave them ownership in the business to say, you are such an important asset to Three Pillar. You are helping us to shape our culture. It is a differentiator. It's helping us to attract and retain in this wildly competitive market um, all great but we also want to back up what we're saying right and it goes back to it can't just be a poster on a wall we can't just say you're an ambassador and we appreciate you we actually have to back it up and then not just those ambassadors but ambassadors of our brand right people yeah. that go out and post I love seeing all the posts that we have of hey I was onboarded at three pillar and look at all my cool swag mm -hmm. well swag's fine right but yeah. it's about the pride that they um, that they post it's like I saw one of our alumni posting that he landed at Google which is cool so we want to cool. celebrate it I was like, oh, we have those posts too. This is so great, right? <laughs> um, but it's about that pride and that um, coming there. And I think there's a lot of, back to your question, Will, like operational things you can do. But if you do operations just for operations sake, but it doesn't have the heart and the soul behind it, mm -hmm. right? Like a, just a simple example. One of the things to attract in this market, you have to condense your hiring time, right? Mm -hmm. You can't um, You can't go out to market and do it in the same amount of time you used to but you can't lose that specialness, right? You can't lose um, that experience that the candidate has. You can't lose the fact that we don't just assess for technical fit, but that we assess for culture fit, right? right. Because if you start to lower that bar, that's gonna become your new, um, your new norm. That's right. Yeah. So let me ask you, David, we're, we're talking about the name of the podcast is the Evolving Leader. Mm -hmm. 
Jamie started at Three Pillar, uh, fresh <laughs> out of James Madison as a, yeah. as a recruiter, right? Um, kind of. The funny part about that story is I actually was in accounting for a brief moment. Okay. And quickly realized was not my, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not my profession. <laughs> Good self-awareness, yes. definitely. She learned very quickly. Yeah. But, but so we're, we're, you know, we're with a living, breathing, evolving leader. Can no you doubt. share just, you know, how... Um, I don't know what the question is here, but I guess yep. the statement would be Jamie has, has gone from being a, you know, entry level hire just out of college to being a mm -hmm. member of your C-level executive team. Yeah. Um, how has that happened? Yeah. Um, Jamie is what you would expect from an executive, incredibly hungry. She's also incredibly humble. Um, and through that, she has had an ability where she just soaks up feedback um, and runs after it. And so I would describe Jamie as incredibly, not only competent, but coachable. And what she has done is she's had enough self-awareness to be able to know that, hey, this is a journey. This is an evolving journey where I have to grow. And there, there have been three times, and the first time she was in <laughs> tears with me, but there have been three times that I had to hire over her and bring somebody in that she could learn from. And it was hard, probably every time it was hard for her. The first time was obviously the hardest, but every single time within two years, she had surpassed that person in leadership and she just soaked up what she could learn and she took it. Mm -hmm. And then I'd go back and I'd challenge her, okay, this is the next phase of grace, this is the next phase of growth. And she continued to just do that <clears throat> and, and run after it and want to be exceptional. And you were just amazing throughout the, your whole career. You have lived that way of yeah. how can I be a better and better person and professional um, and culture ambassador and, and you name it. You always seek that excellence yeah. and are willing to evolve your approach in order to get there. Yeah. And I think there's, um, you guys have had a lot of people on and um, reflecting on just the time at Three Pillar, it's been access to incredible leaders, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, um, when you talk about our culture, it kind of sits somewhere in between core beliefs and like maybe, I don't know exactly know where it sits, but hiring incredible leaders, right? We've had so, so many along the way, right? You guys have had Bobby, Jen Stanford, um, Pete Buer, like there are just people that I've had access to um, and that have, because they've come in and lived our values, right? They're willing to sit down out of the kindness of their heart and be like, hey, um, let me give you some feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Or, hey, here's something that I learned. Like, make your own scars, make your own mistakes. Um, don't have the same ones that I do. Yeah. And so we've just had such access to such incredible people across yeah. time, yourself included, um, that has been just incredible mentors to me along my journey and um, never, never hesitated to, one, support me, but also to make sure that I had clarity on feedback that I needed. And genuinely care. Yeah. Right? Like, th there's great, talented people. Um, we've been fortunate to be surrounded by people that genuinely care and want yeah. to help us grow, yeah. want to help us get to that next level that's and so have been willing to serve, right? Um, mm. and, and I think that's, you know, Bobby's a great example, yeah. right? And there's, there's no way at that point in time in the company's history that he should have come and worked for me, right? <laughs> but he turned down the CEO job mm -hmm. in order to come work for me. Um, and that's just the type of attitude that I think um, we've been fortunate to be surrounded by incredible mentors. Yeah. Yeah. So, so David, let, let me ask one question as we get toward the end of the episode. 
We talked about common ideology at the beginning, and we haven't touched on it a whole lot. I mean, yeah, we've talked about values and core beliefs and things like that. But do you believe that, that a common and shared ideology influences culture, or is it the other way around? Oh, absolutely. I think it's where culture comes from. Uh, I think if you don't have a common ideology, your culture is accidental. And so I think it is the foundation. Your purpose and your values mm. have to be the staple. And then you surround that purpose with, and values with a vision of where do you want to go. Mm. And we have something very unique, what we call our stakeholder philosophy. What does it mean to be the multiple constituents of an organization? And we say that for our clients, for our employees, and for our investors, we're fighting for maniacal win-win-win situations. We want that maniacal balance of benefit for all of them. And um, we're intentional about not choosing one over the other. That makes us different from others. And so we define who we are, how we interact with each other, and where we're going. And that's ideology. That's where culture comes from. Yeah. And um, something that's funny, you said accidental. It made me think about like the fact that as businesses, as you're figuring out how to scale culture, recognizing that there is a reverse of culture, right? There is, um, or values, and there's accidental values. So things that show up um, because you have these values. And for us, I'll give you an example. Open collaboration is so core to who we are. Um, and it's in its um, scariest form, it can become consensus driven. Right. And if you're really aware of and deliberate about what your ideology is, you can also manage to those ex accidental values and, and own them, right? We kind of just say like, we're a little bit weird about consensus. <laughs> um, and you can also work towards um, improving it across time, right? We wanna be, as we scale, we can't be fully consensus driven, but we don't wanna lose that open collaboration aspect. And so it just made me think, of that and I think that's something so that businesses sometimes like try to hide away from or yeah. they're not clear enough on their values and what they mean by culture that they can even know what those are yep. right the accidental values actually become something that oh I wish that didn't show up but it does right, right. and that's, um, that's embracing yeah. it admitting it and overcoming yeah. it right so true yeah so true Nice. Well, Jamie, thank you very much for joining thank us you. today. Great to see you again. Yeah. If people are interested in connecting with you or learning more about three pillar where should they go yeah um, so I think the uh, most scalable way had to use all time is careers.threepillarglobal.com. Um, but honestly, um, the more personable way is um, reach out to me on LinkedIn, reach out to David. Um, we get so many different messages across time, and I try to answer all of them um, and get you on the right path. Um, so LinkedIn or our careers page would be great. All right, very nice. Well, Jamie, thanks again for joining us to talk culture, common ideology, and uh, and and how to scale ideas, values, and beliefs across a, a global organization. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much, Will. Thank you, David. It was a lot of fun. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of The Evolving Leader. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star rating, a glowing review, and a share on whichever social media networks you call home. For more on the podcast and to view video of each episode, please visit daviddwolf.com slash podcast.